Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We go to the beat writer for the Charlotte Observer, the Carolina Panthers beat writer for the Observer, Mike K. Or we could set it up, Mike K. Who? Mike K. Who? The thing is, I have to do that anytime <laughs> there is someone with a single di- single syllable last name and the name Mike in front of it. Mike, is that? Do your friends do that a lot with you? Do they put the Mike Jones rhythm to your name quite a bit? No, but I've been Mike K. Not Mike for pretty much my entire life. Nobody can just call me Mike. It's always Mike K. I think my grandma even calls me. Mike I can K. see that. Mike K is a pretty sweet and then name. When Granny does it, there's no way you're not going what back. granny it's exactly like Bajan's mom mm-hmm. saying it's Bajan Robinson not mm-hmm. Bijan what mama says it goes and that's the same thing with granny k mike k joins us here on wesson walker sports radio 927 wfnz mike you have an article on the charlotte observer up right now um or at least I, i'm sorry your colleague does alex zeitlow talking about the locker room being listless And I think that's something that's worrisome to me. We can get into the offense. We can get into Bryce Young's performance. But what was your takeaway, the mood of the locker room, and how detrimental that might be going forward? Well, for the most part, it was empty. Uh, You know, I mean, I think starting off 0-2, especially 0-2 in the division, is never going to lead to a, you know, an upbeat locker room. I, I think this team just doesn't know what it's doing wrong. And I think that's kind of echoed through the front, like, it just seems like a collective effort in mediocrity right now. And while I have always built this as a two-year rebuild on the fly, there were some concerning elements, especially on offense, through the first two games. And I think the entire team is feeling it. I think the offense has let the defense down. That's going to obviously create some tension there. I think the offense has let itself down, and that's going to create some tension there. I mean, I, I don't know how you could feel good. Not defending the mood of the locker room, but I I think listless is what they were on the field, so it's probably what they're going to be in the locker room as well. Mike, Wes Bryant here, and when you talk about Bryce Young, we remember in the preseason when the coaching staff said that they felt like not only could they do what they already had planned in their offensive philosophies, but they felt like that they could expand upon that so when you get out there and see them with a playbook and a game plan that seems pretty conservative is this like a Bryce thing them feeling like that he's not necessarily ready or is this just the staff and this is just how uh, they're going to get down this season with a conservative playbook that's not going to be uh, very aggressive I thought they were pretty creative at least pre-snap in week one it seemed like that all went out the window this week Mm -hmm. it was almost like they saw what this this group of players could do during a game and were like, okay, they're not ready for that yet. And, yes, this was a very conservative approach this week. But that said, everything took a while to develop. I just don't know that, that Bryce Young is being surrounded by the right ecosystem of players. We can talk about how Adam Thielen is making plays out there, but he averaged 7.7 yards of catch. Um this is a group that kind of got away from the run early, even though it was a three-point or tie game for the first 42 minutes of the game. So I don't really understand the play-calling rhythm. I don't think the play design's been bad, but I think the play-calling has just not kind of stopped the bleeding. And I think that's been really rough 
on Bryce. Then again, he's holding the ball for like eight seconds, and as an offensive lineman, you can't really block for six to eight seconds for 20 plays a game because wide receivers aren't getting open. It's, it's been a very confusing time for this offense, and I, I don't know what the right answer is. And then, Mike, when you talk about the offensive line and everybody was having varied opinions about what they saw in the preseason and in Atlanta, they played a pretty solid game, and then this game, not so much. Which offensive line do you feel like is a true representation? And I know they had a couple of injuries, but the offensive line from this game and what we saw in the preseason or from game one in Atlanta? I, I think you'd have to do it on a case-by-case basis, like player for player. But I, I do think it's more like what we saw last night. I mean, you're, you're missing two starting guards. I mean, Austin Corbett, not for nothing, was the best offensive player on the team last year, in my opinion. And his loss is being felt, especially when you've got a turnstile at right guard. I mean, they constantly are switching guys out there. And so I think when you look at the way this team is kind of set up, the offensive line is kind of at the mercy of wide receivers getting open because Bryce Young is being so patient in the pocket. He's not running, uh, you know, and and they're kind of taking the brunt of it. I, I Again, I, I think that the guard problem is a problem. Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his work at Mike underscore E underscore K. Mike, I saw you tweet out the snap counts, carolinapanthers.com. They released that from last night. Any main takeaways or any trends that you're seeing from the snap count on Monday Night Football? Well, they got Ethan Grossmatos involved a lot more. Um, he had four snaps against Atlanta, and I think he had 42 uh, against the Saints. Um, you'll notice the DJ Johnson again, didn't get any snaps this time. He was an active, um, offensively though, you know, with Raheem Blackshear inactive, I thought LaVisca Chenault would get a little bit more playing time. He did not. Uh, he was kind of the de facto number three running back there. Uh, Terrace Marshall got 22 snaps and wasn't targeted. Like I was expecting big things from him this summer and I, 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 he just hasn't delivered on him, especially with that back injury, Jonathan Mingo. Again, with kind of whatever, he had the nice 22-yard catch, but he's going through his growing pain well. DJ Chark was on a pitch count. Uh, I, I don't think there was anything alarming from the snap counts. I just think when you look at, like, Jeremy Chin playing, going from playing, like, 73% of the snaps to 35% of the snaps, it kind of shows you how much more the Saints relied on the passing game than, than the Falcons. All right, Mike, I wanted to go to what is becoming somewhat of a conversation in Panthers Twitter land. It's whether this thing was supposed to be a rebuild this year. I know you put out there on Twitter that it kind of is a rebuild going into this season, and it feels like there are differing opinions on that. So why do you think that this does this season does lend itself more to a rebuild year with the Carolina Panthers? Well, I, when I say rebuild year, that doesn't mean be patient. That doesn't mean you know, give them a pass. But what I'm saying is you, you bring in 25 new faces, you've completely rebuilt the staff outside of Campin and Tabor, and then you've got a you've got three rookie starters, a rookie quarterback, a rookie number one wide receiver, because he's getting snaps like a, a number one wide receiver, and then you've got a rookie starting guard who's played two different guard positions in his first two games. Uh, the defense is a completely new scheme. I mean... To me, it's a philosophical rebuild. It's not like an organizational rebuild, if that makes sense. Like an organizational rebuild, you're gutting everything. You've got a new front office. You're doing all that stuff. This is more of a rebuild on the fly. And, again, that's not an 
excuse. You should criticize them. You shouldn't have to feel patient. But this was not going to be a good team starting out. I, I don't really understand the preseason hype of this team's going to win the NFC South and stuff like that. I, I never kind of saw that. Then again, I didn't think it would be this bad. Mike, last thing, when you look at this division and you talk about the rebuilding process with what Atlanta and Tampa Bay is doing, if these two teams continue to have success, does that accelerate, I guess, the mindset of the Carolina front office to get this thing done and get it turned around because these these two teams seem to be a little bit ahead of the curve when you talk about rebuilds? I mean, I don't even know if Tampa's really even rebuilding. They just don't have Tom Brady at quarterback. But the Falcons are definitely a traditional rebuild, and they are, they've got a great coach in Arthur Smith. They're doing it their own way. They clearly have an identity, and I don't know that the Panthers do. And I think that that's on the front office, that's on the staff. You know, you hired this coaching staff that on paper is tremendous, but realistically the players have to execute. And coaching resumes don't really matter if players aren't executing. And so I put the blame on both the coaching staff and the front office in this one. And they do have to figure out a way to make this work. And I don't know that there's an answer when you're two games into the season, you're 0-2, and you don't have a first-round pick next year. All right, that was Mike Kay from the Charlotte Observer. Again, check out his work. His Twitter handle is Mike underscore E underscore K. He's on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, we really appreciate the time, man. Thanks again. Thanks for having me.